Hey there, welcome back to the Men, Sex and Pleasure podcast. This is your host, Cam Fraser, and we're on to episode number 17. And we're talking all things masculinity and sexuality and male bodies and men's experiences of pleasure. And today I'm chatting with Joseph Kramer. So for 40 years, Joseph Kramer, who's got a PhD, has traveled the world teaching erotic bodywork. In 1984, he founded the Body Electric School in Oakland, California, where he trained thousands of professional massage therapists, erotic body workers, and somatic educators. In 2003, Joseph founded the new legal profession of sexological bodywork, which is also trademarked. Joseph Kramer teaches in sexological bodywork trainings in California, Europe, Canada, Brazil, and Australia, and through his educational websites, which is orgasmicyoga.com, eroticmassage.com, eroticintegration.com, and yogaofsex.com. I spoke to Joseph about uh, his old practice of what was called porn yoga, uh, which is now termed erotic in- integration. And this idea of using porn as a tool, uh, I've spoken on other podcasts about my opinion uh, on porn and, and how we can use it in a healthy way. And Joseph is like the, the master of this, of, of this philosophy of, of using porn in a way to integrate that eroticism into your body. And this is an incredible conversation. I love Joseph's work, been following it for ages and was so, so stoked that he was keen to jump onto the podcast with me. So you can probably tell throughout the episode and now that I really enjoyed myself and I hope you enjoy too. We know that once a person is perverted, it is practically impossible for that person to adjust to normal attitudes in regard to sex. Sometimes you hear that masturbation affects your mind or your manhood. It isn't true. And some people call the penis funny names like John Willie or something, but we call it its real name, penis. Just invite you to share a little bit of your story and and maybe how you came to be doing the work that you're doing today. Well, Cam, thank you for inviting me to be in this conversation. And I want to say the reason I said yes, the reason I'm standing here is um, in the hopes that maybe something that's spoken today would assist someone else, would they can benefit from it, better sex, better relationships, more pleasure. Um, uh, so that's why I'm here, and I'm sure that's I know that's your work also for the for the greater good for the awakening the body electric. Um, so. I'm old, so my story is very long. So I'm gonna, I, I had no intention of being a sex teacher. As a young, as a young man, uh, as a boy actually, teenager, I, I was very strong religious upbringing and I, I went into seminary to study to be a Catholic priest, a Jesuit. And I did 10 years on that path and um, and the one thing I learned is here's a celibate path. And I knew that I was not, that I did not want a celibate path. So that was, there was discernment there that I learned. And one of the things that happened right toward the end of my days as a Jesuit is I got a massage. 
I, this is in California, and I got a massage from someone who just learned massage, and my whole body woke up. I go, I can't believe this. Uh, the webbing between my toes. And here I was, uh, late 20s, and I was getting a massage, and I had this aha epiphany, but it was totally kinesthetic. And so I go, I was studying theology and philosophy and I was math and science were some of my areas that I was interested in, but I made a U-turn into massage and body work. And so I studied, I went to school here in California and became certified as a massage therapist. And I did this. And one of the things I learned in the Jesuits is they run a lot of schools. That's one of the big things they do around the world. And I learned how effective it is to have a school. So I started a school of massage in California here. And it was called Body Electric. And I ran the school. And at this time, this is the early 80s, um, AIDS hit. And it, the two places in the US it first hit was the Bay Area. I'm in Oakland near San Francisco and New York. And there was such fear and there was such constriction. And I knew that this wasn't um, you know, communicated with by touch. So I really put myself out there with teaching touch. And I became well known for offering classes where I invited anybody who had AIDS to be in the class. So people who came knew there would be people with AIDS in the class perhaps. And I taught sex classes and I was a massage therapist, but I liked erotic massage in my private life. So I thought, I really don't like the idea of teaching this. I was kind of, I'm kind of paranoid person, but it's, I have to do this. And so I taught erotic massage and that just started expanding. I became, I realized erotic massage just wasn't safe sex. There was lots of that things that happened beyond just regular massage in the erotic. And so I was hooked into being a sex teacher, I guess. And 10 years later, um, and the school Body Electric has a branch in Australia. It's, so there's people who've taken classes here and it's going right now in Australia, 30 years later still. Um, I went and got a PhD in human sexuality, I wasn't that hot on getting a PhD, but I was at a place where I wanted new input in my life and wandered on. I was, I was really good. I made videos. I made videos that instructed people how to touch and all this. And I have many websites teaching touch. And I feel that's a really good way for a lot of people. They can't, they, they don't want to go to classes. They're, they're partnering them, can watch videos. Um, about 15 years, I've never been into fantasy. It's just not been my thing. I don't fantasize very much. Um, I like to feel my body. I guess you would call them kinesthetic more than, you know, auditory or visual or any of that. But about 15 years ago, I started watching porn. I was getting older. I was 65, maybe in my 60s, starting in my 60s. And my arousal levels were lower, so porn helped me to, uh, gave me arousal right away and I could play with that arousal. And I liked this and I, but I start to discover that I was really forgetting my body more 
by my attention on the porn. And this was of great concern. I thought, I like porn. And I think I know huge numbers of people watch porn. But I realized that the function of porn is to grab our attention. That's it. And instead of the intention being here, even though uh, we may be masturbating and turned on, really the focus is in whatever's happening on the screen. And we get to choose whatever's happening, so we get to choose what really turns us on. But attention is there. And I did this, I was concerned, and I'm a very somatic, so I said, how can I change this? How can watching porn be healthier? And for me, healthier meant that I was including my body, that I was, I was savoring, that I was feeling pleasure, that I, uh, uh, you know, I wasn't, I was right here in the present moment with my body while watching the porn. So that's where this whole path of porn, uh, healthy porn watching came. And as a joke, I started to call it porn yoga because there's various things I would do in order to uh, in order to watch porn. And the main one I'm doing right now, and that is standing up. I realized if I stand up, I'm in my body in a different way. And I started telling other other people this, other especially men who like porn. As soon as they stand up, it's a very different experience. You can still focus all this, but your your body gets engaged in another way. So that's that's the short. That's the <laughs> that's how I got from back there to here to this moment. Thank you for for sharing that and being <laughs> nice and brief as well, man. I, I acknowledge that you you probably got a lot more experience and a lot more stuff going on than that. But I appreciate you sharing um, that little nugget um, of your life. <laughs> The work you're doing is incredible, man, especially because I'm on a bit of a younger generation working with a lot of guys who never had, you know, you said you started watching porn when you're in your 60s, you know, 60 years old. And, um, and I'm, I'm working with men today that have never not watched porn. And so, you know, that's the only thing that they, that they um, feel aroused by really is that, that screen and, you know, the attention grabbing um, images on, the, on their laptop or on their phone or whatever, whatever it might be. And, um, and this brings me to this kind of first question that I have for you. And, and, and you kind of touched on it when you were, you know, when you said you, you kind of started using porn, your arousal was quite low and, and porn allowed you to feel that arousal quite easily. And I think your website refers to this as like the porn high, that kind of build up of, of quick arousal. And um, I was wondering, are you, are you able to speak a little bit more into that? Like where is that porn high coming from in, 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 your, uh, in your understanding? You know, when I went to, when I studied human sexuality in school as a PhD, there's an American researcher back in 1950s, Kenzie, um, who did major studies. And one of the parts of the studies on male sexuality was, he asked people, he asked men, he asked 10,000 men this question. How long was it? after you started masturbating, before you started fantasizing? That was his question. And what you just <laughs> said is there's no difference for many people. It's, it's the same. There's fantasy. And, but his, his average for these 10,000 men in the middle of the 20th century was, well, this is before 
video, television, all this. They probably had pictures like early Playboy type things before Playboy. Um, but it was a year and a half. And I thought, here's people knew that they had a year and a half of playing with their body. And they could tell this later on. Oh, yeah, I had this year and a half. And then fantasy came in. Um, and fantasy makes things faster, whether it's fantasy in the porn or whether it's fantasy in the mind. It's, uh, it's stimulates us. We are we're focusing on something that stimulates us, that turns us on. Um, first of all, this is a huge embarrassment to most individuals. What turns them on in detail is embarrassing. People can go, I'm straight, I'm gay. They're not embarrassed at all. But if they said what they like to watch in porn, what specifics, ooh, what excites them? So there's a variety of different things that excite us. Um, and I think this is a big, important teaching for most people is this is really the reason one of the reasons porn has such a negative uh, rap is people are embarrassed at what they're turned on by. I don't have a negative view on porn. And in fact, I like to, I'm calling it, I've decided to call it sex movies. Let's have a different name for it, sex movies. I, I'm, uh, yeah, I don't have a negative thing, but it's, So for me, I like to get aroused and then play with the arousal. I'm standing, I'm walking around. I don't need to watch the porn anymore. The stories are always the same. The, I mean, I get to choose them. I know where it's going, I know what's happening. So I've used this arousal and I consider it like having a glass of wine at a party. And I'm drinking the wine and there's a little bit of a, a buzz from drinking this wine. I'm not guzzling it, I'm sipping it. And, and then I wander around and talk to other people who are, uh, so I, I consider arousal something like that for at its best, uh, you know, something that changes my state. So there's actually, um, I, I actually think the major focus of my work is on arousal and it is on men naming the levels of arousal in their body and i i use a one to ten scale where nine is i'm going toward ejaculation i can't stop ten is ejaculation so eight is the highest one can get and one is just starting arousal and i found it one to eight is really too difficult to think about. So I do one and two together, three and four, five and six and seven and eight. So where are you? And if you watch videos on my website, people will be masturbating and will say, I'm at six. And they'll just say it. That means they're feeling where they are. And to do that, they have to pay attention to their body to, to diagnose that, to, to decide. So that's a good thing. Every once in a while, they have to be here instead of attention there. 
one of the ways to play around with that um, that altered state, right? That arousal and to and to direct your attention internally towards what's happening in your body, I think you mentioned was to simply stand up. This is like a leverage practice. Uh, this idea that it, you know, it's a simple, small little movement, but it creates like really uh, astonishing results. Yes. In fact, when I teach, when I teach Zoom classes, they don't have to be on this area, anything. I recommend that people stand up because then we're alert, we're doing things. We're, and of course, some people want to sit down or you know, do whatever, but I just recommend for alertness. So yes, standing and knees bent because you have a lot of movement when your knees are bent. And if you're really into the porn, what happens is there's a rhythm in the porn that's contagious and you start to get into it. And uh, sex is a dance in my in my world, my view. And so I am moving with the arousal that's happening on the screen and then I'm feeling that in my body. So yes, so so this little thing about standing changes how I feel my body. And I also think we carry so much stress just in our daily lives. When we're standing, we feel that stress. So if you're masturbating, lying down on your bed and masturbating and watching, there's no really not much movement in the body that challenges that stress. When you're standing, um, I can feel when people shake out the stress if they don't like it or their body shakes it out. So it's really the body takes care of itself if you're standing. Is, is, uh, and that's what you want. You want the best possible situation. And it's so, so simple. So that's why I call it a leverage practice. A little bit of just standing has great results. Yeah. The, um, and the idea of stress and letting go of stress from the body, kind of the way that I, the way I think about this somatically is like tension, right? A lot of the guys that I work with, when I talk to them about the way that they masturbate is they're kind of almost like me at the moment, kind of hunched over a computer screen, you know, cock in one hand and mouse in the other hand. And they're, they're quite closed down and quite tense through their body. They're quite stagnant and stationary. And when you're able to stand up, you're, like you said, you're able to feel that in your body firstly, that stress and that tension. I think there's another level of tension in, in this masturbating. And that is that, um, that when you're masturbating, you're, your shoulders involved usually because your hand is even women with a vibrator are just on their clitoris but it means that there's constriction that happens and, and as you say the more somebody's gets tense if they're masturbating i mean i'm masturbating but i see people on the screen and they're getting more and more tense and they hold their breath more this is the norm this way of masturbating so People are having sex from the time, as you say, they're 12. And it's orgasm is hooked up with constriction, holding the breath. Um, and this isn't what you want for orgasm, especially as you bring this body to another for play. Even when some, a lot of people have to bring that tension in some way. So this idea of letting go even of holding of stroking your erection is something i 
So I, I recommend men try anchoring a flashlight at, um, you know, at hip level. So put this down at cock level and they're watching porn and they're thrusting and their hands are free. And what this does is it opens up the chest, the breathing is freer. There's no tension up here. All of a sudden, it's, it's yes, it's very similar to oral sex too. So oral sex has this same benefit. But, it's, but when you're standing, it's, it's, again, there's a lot of, uh, the body really wakes up. And so a lot of people have sex, as you say, in this tension mode. And especially as they get closer to ejaculation, I call it balloon sex, you know. They're blowing up this big balloon. <laughs> pops. Ah. And no, it's this is this is a dance. Let's dance and play, you know, however. So so I do recommend anchoring a flashlight and and thrusting into it. And that and I I'm not suggesting that you're fantasizing of thrusting into any specific person over your fantasies or your fantasies. I'm suggesting that this can be your way of masturbating. You have the hands that then can massage yourself, they can stretch, they can move out. You, there's just a lot of freedom in the body. And the way we normally masturbate is, is full of habit. Our, I mean, our masturbation is just one habit after another. The way we breathe, the way we hold ourselves, the muscles porn yoga practice and just simply standing up is a way of disrupting that habit and disrupting those chronic kind of tension patterns in the body i would hope especially if you bend your knees and move uh, this is why a lot of people do not like it they want it's something new they don't they've they've honed since 12 they've done it this way and so to stand up but after it takes maybe five or 10 sessions to really get into a flow. When you start any practice, you know, any yoga, any running, swimming, anything, it takes a while to get into the flow of it. The same thing here. Yes. You want to get into it and enjoy it. Yeah. Like learning a, learning a new skill takes a while to get into that, um, that flow state with regards to being proficient at it. Right. And, and yeah, you, you, you mentioned on the website as well, like the erotic flow state, which I think is something that not a lot of people are really kind of diving into is this idea of like when you're in your pleasure and when you're able to maybe connect to that rhythm of the, the images on screen in front of you, like there's a, there's, yeah, it's a flow state, it's an erotic flow state and all these, I, I see all these people talking about those flow states in business and in other areas, <laughs> but I think it's not looked at as like when you're being sexual. When I think of sex and I think of the best sexual experiences I've had, I think of spending all Saturday with somebody or the whole weekend or, you know, I, I think, I don't think of having an experience that's like and coming and then moving on to something else. It's getting into this plate. For me, it's flow, it's playful, it's sensuous and savoring. It's communication constantly. It's not just, uh, you know, uh, 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 but yeah, it's all of this. So flow, this is what makes, this is the best of sex is that flow is part of sex. 
you're just confident with it. I think the the idea of flow as well is that it allows for fluctuation, right? In arousal, allows for fluctuation in experience. It's not this linear like you said, kind of balloon style way of experiencing your, your pleasure or your arousal, which is like from not pumped up to then exploding, you know, it, that's, which is how a lot of men experience their sexual, um, you know, their sexual pleasure is from, you know, going straight from one all the way to 10, maybe without much awareness of whatever's in between that flow state. I feel anyway, allows you to kind of, you get up to an eight and then maybe drop down to a six and then maybe come up to a seven and then drop down to like a four and then up to an eight again. So it allows for that more, um, dynamic rather than linear sort of progression through your arousal. And I think if you really want to get into this, focus on this, get into sex, especially solo sex, but I think your partner also, um, at different levels of arousal, our body um, has different ways of being and feeling. And there's, I think each of us has optimum levels of arousal where we, where we, oh, this is where I really want to hang out for a long time, like an hour or more. And the next time I'm, ah, oh, I like this. I like this place. Um, one, one man I was working with who came to me with premature early ejaculation, premature ejaculation. And I hardly ever speak to this, even after he told me, we, but he watched porn. So I, told, I gave him some of these exercises and he was doing these exercises and paying attention and naming levels of arousal four, five, seven, eight, all this. And he called me one day. I don't know, maybe he emailed me something, but it was out of the usual because we didn't have, and he goes, I found it. Six, six is amazing. I love being in six. He says, it's so relaxed, it's so playful. I've ch my whole sexuality's changed. So he found a level of arousal that wasn't right on the edge of going, and he had to, to walk that edge, which we call edging, meant you know, some, and you want to make sure you don't fall over into coming. He found he didn't want to be an 8.5, he, he found six. And I found that all kinds of us have different um, payoffs at different levels of arousal. Um, so it's there's a thing in psych you're probably aware of um, in research, state-dependent learning. So you get you learn something in this state, and supposedly to access it, you should be in the same state. But I think it's there's another there's other elements, and that is that there are states that are ideal that you're in for various things, and there's so much wisdom and information in my body that I get about my own health, about making decisions, about um, uh, pleasure, about uh, relationships and just um, entertainment. So there's all these things that come up when I'm in different levels of arousal. And um, I actually take notes on a lot of them and, um, because I forget them otherwise. I think it's important. Um, so part of my doing this in different levels is 
no wisdom that I have access to. For example, I have a I have a I have a stairmaster machine in my home, and about six months ago, my body said, "You don't want to do a half hour or an hour on this. You want to do three times a day, fifteen minutes. You want to do morning, middle, afternoon, night." So this morning I did fifteen minutes. Midday today I didn't. Tonight I will do fifteen minutes because my body said, "I if I do forty-five minutes in the, that's okay." But this idea of shaking up the body in that way three times a day is much better, okay? I could say no, but my body told me that. That's what I need to do, so we do it. This idea of like listening to your body and like paying attention to it, you know, starting to like have a conversation with it is, um, is something that I try to encourage men to do, particularly when they're, when they're self-pleasuring as well. It's like listening to your body. Where does your body want to be touched now? You know, what what can you do um, to kind of change your experience so that like another sensation arises and you can maybe follow that down its rabbit hole um, and so some yes. of the I encourage men to do when they're not only when they're standing up um, but then you know adding on to that is things like you know shaking your body you already mentioned shaking before is a really good way of like letting go of tension um, making noise as well is another thing that I encourage guys to do like moaning and sighing and just starting to I don't know why it is. Maybe you'd be about, maybe this be a good question to ask you because I'm not sure what the answer is. But the more noise that I find that I make, and the more noise that um, you know, men when I encourage them to make noise, the more pleasure they experience. And I'm wondering, do you have any insight into maybe why that might be the case? There's well, there's a feedback loop. You're hearing yourself being excited, and it's that's exciting in itself. There's an, so you're on a feedback loop for one thing. I also think it's almost like a variety of sounds, whether it's chanting or whatever, vibrates through the body. So you feel more of your body when you're making sounds. You have access to more of it. You know, and, and, uh, and really with regard to sex, the being quiet is a, um, it's a prison that we put ourselves in very early on. No animals makes have sex silently. They, there's, this, there's all kinds of expression. So we start with we're breaking out, I think, you know, those, all those other things. But, but yeah, it's fun to, it can be embarrassing. <laughs> Actually, I find people have, they go, well, oh, I have a roommate or my wife. I don't want my wife to hear me screaming like that. Maybe you should negotiate with, you know, you, whatever. Yeah, a lot of stigma around making noise, I found. Oh, I know. Um, and another thing is like, um, we kind of haven't really mentioned it yet, but it's it's breathing. It's like taking your breath down into your diaphragm. It's something that I, that I you know, one of the foundational practices that I teach guys how to do is how to, how to breathe into their belly rather than breathing into their chest and, and up into their clavicles. It's like just allowing yourself to relax by, by breathing deeply. Um, and I was wondering, is that, is that something that is important to the foundation of, of this practice? Yes, I've found breath takes attention and porn takes attention. So you have this attention of watching porn and doing some sort of breathing. And the breathing, of course, gives you more, often gives you more oxygen. Uh, if you're consciously breathing a pattern, it means you have to be present. You're not just on automatic 
pilot, so that's a good thing. But you're still pulled into the porn, so I find this tension. So I created this thing around breathing called the pendulum, where somebody's watching porn, and I said, for five breaths, just bring your awareness, just stop, stop the porn for a moment on your, on your laptop, and just do five breaths within your body. Take deep breaths, savor, notice what's going on. Ah, and after five breaths, go back to the porn. And a few minutes later, sometimes I, people have, I give, um, you know, an app on their phone that every two minutes rings and they do five breaths. So that way it integrates, it can integrate in um, using a breath. Um, I've recently been doing much slower breaths with people rather than faster. The, I almost always in my early days taught people faster breaths than masturbating, or even through the mouth, just to build up a charge and that to support the, uh, the erotic feeling in the body. And about during the quarantine, every day I've been doing about 20 minutes of a very slow breath. There's a breath called resonance breathing, resonance frequency breathing. And I'm, there's 25 different videos on YouTube that have pace. You can go into it and you breathe five breaths a minute or six breaths a minute. But I've been paying attention to that and trying to do touch with that it's can the rhythm of the breath and the rhythm of your sex get into sync? If, if this is the difficulty, I think, with a lot of sex is people cannot breathe and do sex at the same time. We're not, it's like dancing. They're just, it's not coordinated. So if you're, if you're suggesting people are consciously breathing to suggest that they work in touch and then work in arousal, with that, that, that rhythm of breath, that could be very powerful. It's I've, the best thing for this five or six breaths a minute is thrusting. So you can do very slow thrusts. That works. Touching on like the slowness as well of stimulation, I could find a lot of men when I talk to them about the way that they masturbate like the the idiosyncrasies of it is it's very friction based with their with their arm with the hand you kind of touched on the the tightness and the chronic tension that can kind of build up in the in the shoulder and the forearm when you do that but then there's also the the stimulation that that's applying to their genitals as well to their cock it's like this really tight kind of friction based um stimulation oftentimes without any lube or without any oil or anything like that so it creates this um again, another pattern, another habit in their body of the way that they, you know, they find their, they, they find their stroke, they find their efficient habitual pattern. Um, and then when they, when they experience pleasure in a different way, it, it maybe doesn't land for them very well that first time because they're like, this isn't what gets me off. This isn't how I usually do it. Um, and so like that slowing down can be a really, uh, at least I found profound way of just kind of rewiring and relearning how to experience you know, new sensations of pleasure. So this is where so many men in their 20s 
come to that realization that I, the way I've masturbated doesn't help me with a partner at all. In fact, it's, and so where the idea, I'm, where the idea goes, one, one direction is, so I've been watching porn, it's an addiction, I've heard that, so I've got to stop, uh, I'm gonna join a no an addiction thing, and that means no masturbation, no porn. Um, for me, I think there's, so you go six months without masturbating, maybe you could use those six months of trying new things. So you're rewiring your neurology and the black and white of, of no touch because that's how abstinence is the way a lot of porn addiction folks go. And it, that works, but you're, you're, here you're, you're giving up all this time when I think you could be exploring other routes you know, you could get out of your habit other ways. So that's, so uh, healthy porn watching is one route. Yeah. And I think as well, like part of that is, especially the hands-free practice allows you to then focus on other areas of your body. I find a lot of guys think that the only place they can experience any type of sexual pleasure is their genitals. You know, you've got nerve endings across your whole body and you can think of yourself as one giant dick yes. and start to explore your whole body. And I think that's a really, really profound practice, especially that, that hands-free uh, thrusting, you know, and then incorporating mm -hmm. the self-touch. I think it's amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing at your enthusiasm, your enthusiasm telling me of a practice that I'm enthusiastic about. Yes, good. I'm very enthusiastic. The difficulty with hands-free is this anchoring of the flashlight, and there's a variety of ways. I have videos on my websites showing different ways to anchor it, but it takes time, and it's awkward unless it's anchored all the time. And I'm lucky to have a place where I can anchor my flashlight, and I don't have to take this down. So people aren't going to do a practice regularly if it takes 10 minutes to set up and then 10 minutes to clean up or something, you know, they have to. So that's advice I would give people to, to make this as easy as possible, their practices, uh, even their hands-free. Um, and there's, there's more and more uh, flashlight type toys that have connections on them that you can pop onto a wall or a door or different mirror, different places of shower. Um, but uh, there's just, there's a real liberation, I think, in uh, moving my body in that way. It's just, it's fun. Something that I often um, share with men kind of touching on this idea of, you know, the way that you masturbate translating into the way that you experience sex with a partner is if you've, if you've got the opportunity to self-pleasure with a fleshlight or with some type of uh, sleeve, you know, masturbatory aid, is you give yourself an opportunity to kind of find out which thrusting uh, patterns and which thrusting ways overstimulate you and kind of push you towards that point of ejaculation versus ones that you know, you're able to maybe not feel that you're getting pushed towards ejaculation. So it's a way of like training yourself, I suppose, to be like, oh, well, I can do this type of thrusting and it doesn't make me feel overstimulated to the point where I'm going to come very quickly. 
And you know, to take that one step further, I recommend that men then practice this thrusting with a condom on. So they learn how to use a condom with the most pleasure, the same thing, pressure, speed, how they can pay attention to this. And um, I, I just think it's so, what, what I, I have trouble that most men learn to thrust by practicing on someone when they're, they're foibles, they're, they, they've not done this before. The poor partners of these men, sometimes I would say, it's, it's so this idea of practicing, it's like you're gonna play in a band. So you practice ahead of time, you practice every day, and when you come to the band, you can then make music. The same thing here, you, you want to really be good at at, at having fun with a condom on because it's going to happen if, if you're in a you know if you're married or whatever. But a lot of people need to, a lot of men need to wear condoms, and so let's learn how to have fun with a condom. That speaks into that analogy of of sex being a a jam session, right? People coming in with their own instruments and and having this beautiful collaborative experience together um, based on what it is that they know about their own instrument. Um, I think that's um, yeah, a beautiful, beautiful way of framing it. And if they don't practice their instrument, then, um, so I played guitar in my early years. And the one thing I never learned, and I don't know why, was a blues progression. And this is a normal thing in jam, that people get into a blues progression. And I would always, I could do a little E, and then I was, and I realized I never practiced that. I could play. Rock, rock and roll chords, I could I played in different groups, but I never learned blues. And I thought, it's the same thing here. I, you can practice and get better. Sex is, sex is, it's fun to practice. And that's how people learn sex is by practicing. Humans practice. I think there's this, um, yeah, this, uh, and we could speak about this all day, but like the stigma <laughs> about men masturbating, there's like this, you know, guys just, uh, just go through the motions and just find their, find the most efficient and quick way to, to get themselves off and do it behind closed doors and, and do it in this embarrassed kind of way. Um, like you were kind of sharing before the things that they're watching on screen, they're maybe not open to sharing and talking about because it it's embarrassing for them. So there's this, all this, you know, stigma and tension and taboo and tightness over their experience. And so they, yeah, they teach themselves how to experience pleasure that way. You know, and they get really good at, you know, that type of sex, you know, which is hard and fast and friction based and penetration oriented and fallow centric, um, which is, you know, that's if that's the way you want to have sex that's perfectly fine but if that's the only way that you're having sex and that's the only way that you're experiencing pleasure it becomes pretty pretty uh old pretty quickly so a lot of men i hear saying i hear, I hear this quite often masturbation is boring and i say you know i f speak from your own experience could you please say the way i masturbate is boring that really <laughs> changes people. You mean there might be other ways, which is what we talked about. Yes. It's not masturbation is boring. It could be this wild dance. You might never want to go out of your house. You might just be all day long masturbating and masturbating with your partner. You know, 
this is part of the dance all this i'm also curious if you think it might be a good idea to masturbate or to you know practice porn yoga or do some self-pleasuring without an ejaculation at the end of it so i think all different aspects of sex should be explored in practice i'm a researcher so that's my view let's try this let's explore this and i've tried i for about 20 years i was a taoist i mean i was nantak chi i learned all the acupressure points on my body so i was doing my own and i worked on other people i did acupressure acupressure on people and um and the taoist philosophy of sex is that the the genitals are a generator of energy which circulates through the body and there's no need to uh you know to ejaculate or it's so i tried this out i went a whole year i remember when i was about 28 i did a whole year when i didn't ejaculate so i did my research and i actually didn't i don't feel drained when i ejaculate even now i don't I mean, there's probably times that I do, but I feel so that reason for ejaculation, I didn't buy it just because certain certain systems, but I tried it and I, I, uh, I never felt more, I had more energy or I could go for a run now, or I, I didn't, my body didn't feel that way. It, but I hear people say that, they say, oh, I'm exhausted after I ejaculate. Oh, maybe you shouldn't ejaculate as much. You know, your body's telling you something. So, but I, I have no ironclad rule, but I think, I, I do think sustained sexual arousal is an important state. I think the idea of going towards ejaculation, da, 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 and even if you're watching porn, it's a little longer, maybe. But I think paying attention to arousal in the body is the aliveness, this erotic aliveness in the body is an amazing experience. And just to be with it, it's like a high, the porn high, I call it. But the porn high, it's just our aliveness that was activated, helped activate in a certain level by porn. It's just an amazing state. And so to sustain that for a long period of time and see what that feels like. So that, that, I would, that is way more interesting to me than ejaculation. But I still ejaculate. I like ejaculating too. So I don't have any uh, one way. Yeah, I'm, I'm also hesitant to subscribe to like universals. So my... My teaching is to give people full awareness about you know what it can and can't do and what it might and might not do to your own body and just kind of teach all the different perspectives. And then my own personal belief is having some intention around it. So like making the decision beforehand, okay, I think I'm going to intentionally ejaculate today. I'm going to make that decision to ejaculate during this practice rather than getting to that point of being like, oh, I haven't really just, I've just gone through the motions and all of a sudden ejaculation is just here. Um, and then just kind of making that decision in the spur of the moment. I think there's um, a value in, in making that decision beforehand. You know, Kim, I've, what I've noticed is there's habits around everything, but there's a lot of ejaculation habits. 
And so how men ejaculate is something that the way they start, and there's different ways. Some men speed up, they're stroking all this. Other men, as they get toward ejaculation, they get slower and slower. And they, there's, I don't know if it's savoring or whatever. There's about half of men, as they are getting close to ejaculating, are reaching for a towel or some tissues or something. So they're cleaning up before they even before the big bang happens. If you're going to ejaculate, at least enjoy it. And you're cleaning up already. You know, God. So, or actually, this is the one thing I really recommend to people. You like porn, but when you're getting ready to ejaculate, pay attention to your body because the fireworks are happening here. And if this is you built up to this ejaculation, be here now. Notice it. Have fun. Wow, that was great. Implode. Let it feel what you, you know, let really pay attention to it. As opposed to, again, this is something that happens while your attention, you might be happy, you might be having sex with this woman or man on the screen, you know, in your mind. Okay. But but the ejaculation isn't a mind thing. The ejaculation is a somatic experience. And I love this idea of shifting, and you, you shared it with regards to you know taking taking a, you know, a break to do some you know, five or six really deep breaths to really appreciate what's happening. You know, pause or turn away from the screen mm-hmm. and um, and notice what's actually going on in your body. And the way I kind of um, think about this is like instead of outsourcing your pleasure to whatever's on the screen it's like recognizing or starting to understand that your arousal comes from within you right and this external stimulus is really just a tool to help you um to help you recognize that that arousal is coming from within and a question just a general question so the arousal is here what would make this even better what would make this more fun what would how would i what would longer be better? Would uh, stretching be better? Would not eating a lunch before I have masturbate be better? But what would make this better? Because this is the same question in sex with a partner. And if you're in a relationship, a relationship needs that. You need to really be aware of it because if, if you're just having sex for the first time, there's novelty with somebody. But you need to negotiate. What's going to make this better? How should we do this? Better doesn't mean higher, bigger, bang, or anything. It means that whatever your values are, how we can be more connected or laugh more or, or uh, be, I don't know, quiet. One of the things I like in sex is that I think pleasure is two things. I think it's excitement, but I think it's also bliss. So there's the neurology is is firing more and more as we get, or it's quieting. We can quiet down. That's pleasure too. So you're playing with, and most men play with just the excitement. They don't play with the bliss. And a lot of uh, a lot of women know bliss more than men. I don't mean to be gender based. And and the non-conforming people they know all these different things. I don't know, but um but but i like the idea of excitement and bliss and playing with them and playing with that Mm, i think having that curiosity to to explore both of those things and and to explore 
you know, standing up when you're watching porn, for example, to explore other parts of your body to you know, the curiosity in, uh, in getting a fleshlight, for example, and actually using it for the first time. Again, it's just having that playfulness and not taking it so seriously. I think that that's, that's one of the key principles I feel at least anyway, in like a really healthy solo sex and partner based, um, sex life. So, you know, I would like to say something, um, to the people who are listening because I get this a lot. People saying, I have a 13-year-old boy or a 13-year-old girl and or something in that realm. What, what can I tell them about sex? And I thought, if you haven't told them about sex before now, you know, and all this. But one of the things I have been telling people is just how we started. Tell your kids that half the time they masturbate, they should stand up. It'll be more fun. It'll they'll learn more. They'll have just that half the time stand up. If I wish God for all the years that I masturbated, all the times I wish that I had stood up half the time, I would be the uh, I don't know the a great dancer of <laughs> the Nuria, the Brzezhnikov, the what do you all of sex? Anyway, um, so. Yes, so that's what I would say. Tell your kids, stand up and bend your knees. You know, don't. So uh, that's the big thing is bend your knees. When we start to explore this and we start to really recognize that there's way more to our pleasure than we maybe kind of thought of and we start to integrate that arousal into our you know, self-pleasuring and masturbation habits, does that then translate into like, I know we said it translates into our sex lives, but does it translate into our life in general? Are we, are we starting to become more aware of arousal and pleasure in other areas of our life? Would you say that? Yes. <laughs> yep. um, so I have become, I've been teaching sex for 40 years, um, a little, and I have become well-known. And when I went to school, I was a B student and I was, what I would consider kind of normal growing up in the uh, normal being meaning um, not exceptional in any way. I think the way that I've masturbated this arousal in the body from very early on playing with arousal has allowed me to access wisdom and, and make decisions that I'm here right now doing this podcast. So I have, and making good decisions is the is perhaps the most important thing in life on every level work relationships uh what you're going to eat how you're going to spend your time all of this i find is uh awakened those some information is available to me it's like there's it's evoked it comes up and i have access to it and so um Yes, so that's my answer is, I think I am here because of those aroused states have fed me, have nourished me. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I I feel 100% the same way. The more awareness you have of your body, which you can really allow yourself to explore when you're doing some self-pleasuring practices, noticing all those sensations and, and again, you know, creating that conversation, starting to listen to how your body's feeling can translate into making decisions in business, making decisions for what you want to eat, you know, starting to actually just listen to what your body wants, starting to listen to what sensations are coming up when you have certain thoughts and things like this. Um, I think it's definitely 
definitely 100% related to, to our life in general. Um, and that's why I think it's such a profound practice to, to really um, explore uh, this self-pleasuring. Um, so I was wondering, you know, maybe as a, as a final question, is there, I know you gave the advice with regards to, um, you know, 50% of the time standing up, but if someone's maybe a bit new to this and, or maybe it's not so new, maybe has kind of expanded their self-pleasure practice, what are some, what are some, some tips or some advice pieces of, uh, pieces of wisdom that you'd like to share with people with regards to progressing and moving forward with this? Well, the first thing is to stand up. I think. And if your knees are not locked, and so I'm standing now, you, you'll naturally just move. I, you don't stand still. It, and, um, and when you move, that, so our habits are in our muscles. Our habits are constrictions. When you're moving, you're breaking habits right away, which, and, and a lot of sex, we have struck, we have, we have our sex arouse tensions habits that come up and just standing. So that's the first thing is just standing and moving. Um, and here's something that I, I was surprised at this idea of five breaths, just turn away. People go, I can't turn away. I might miss what's on the screen. Well, you can hit that little button there and it'll stop. But to turn away for five breaths, what happens here is people go, oh, there's a lot happening in my body. And what happens regularly is people don't want to go back after five breaths. It might be 10 breaths. They might spend five minutes. Just, wow, this is really delightful. It's more delightful being here than just watching porn. It's different. The porn charged me up. Now I'm savoring it and enjoying it. And then I go back. So the more people do this, um, one of the, this man who said I have premature ejaculation and he found six, he now does, he starts with porn and then it might be an hour that he's not even using porn. He's masturbating, but he's doing all kinds of things, especially interoception, going inside and looking at what's paying attention to what's inside. So I think, um, I think the first stage is standing up and I think to bring your attention back and forth to the porn. I never recommend that people do enough that they're not aroused. This isn't to, you want to keep your arousal. If you need, you only need two breaths, good, turn and do two breaths but you're watching porn to be aroused and to have fun. So you don't want to interrupt that. But if you can change, there's, I, I also recommend when you, if you're going to ejaculate, I recommend not watching the porn, feel in your body, be here during the ejaculation. I recommend everybody that I work with, I recommend, and I do this, to say, aloud before I start what my intention is. And I just want to get off. If that's what they want to say, I just want to get off and go to sleep. Good. There's an honesty there. You've said it. And by saying that, there's less shame. Yeah, I just want to get off and go to sleep. I'm not even going to stand up. So intention, I find, is important. And a part of this, 
part of this uh, pendulum is savoring. This is something that, um, like I mentioned drinking wine. There's people who really drink alcohol and they don't taste it, it's for the effect. But there's also savoring it. Oh, that tastes good, you know. And the same thing with sex, savoring what's going on in the body. And as you point out, not just in the genitals, how does this feel elsewhere? Wow, my hands feel different. So there's, there's placement of attention at different places. Um, I live in a state right now in California where marijuana is legal. So a lot of people are playing with how to use marijuana. I live in a city, Oakland, California. It's one of the two cities where psilocybin mushrooms and ayahuasca and other sacred plants are not, uh, are, uh, they're, that you will not be arrested for having them. They're not, they're not saying they're legal, but so you can, you can explore other combinations, other journeys. Um, I think a great place to learn is or it's getting a blow job. This is another thing where you don't have to do anything or an erotic massage where you're on a table and a partner is, is doing arousal. You can, you guide that partner, but they're doing arousal. And now you can just feel what this feels like throughout your body. You know, this is, you don't have to do anything. You're not even thrusting. So those are all places to explore. That simple question, how can I make this better? What can I do to make this better is, yeah, that, that, that wine sipping wine analogy. It's like, oh, what can I do to, what can I do to make this sip of wine better? I could pair it with some chocolate. Yes. <laughs> you know, ex expand that experience. And it might be happening in my mouth a little longer and all this. It might be, um, what would make this better? Yes. When you ask about breathing, a lot of people do breath work before they do sex because it wakes up the body. It's like going for a run or yoga, but the breath work can prepare you to appreciate more physical somatic experience. So that might be a way of making something better. Thank you so much, Joseph, for sharing so much wisdom and just so much knowledge and, and condensing it down into an hour. I feel like we could continue talking for the rest of the rest of the day, but we'll have to, you know, for the sake of brevity, uh, kind of close it down there. <laughs> so much for spending the time with me, man. I, I really, really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for inviting me to the land down under. <laughs>